We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a play-by-play announcer who loves to save money. And here at Progressive, it's discounts all day. The customer's a safe driver and mails over the discount. Signed up for paperless billing, and it's a discount from downtown. Insuring multiple vehicles and kablam shakalaka fadeaway cross-court coast-to-coast discount mania! Whew. Should we go to commercial? Wait, this is a commercial. With all kinds of discounts, Progressive helps you save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Right after I went to OKC, I was like, oh, man, this is how an NBA team is. I think the difference is probably I like playing basketball there. He did what he always does. He got his stats. He didn't defend. He took an L. We know what we have here in Utah, and we're glad he's not a part of it. Keep tugging at our heels, watch us high step and be a highlight reel of how high we get. The ghost riders off the ramp, how we live defies death. Put a conscious in the genre box, stamp a certified fresh bad boys beyond. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use promo code, promo popode. Kyle, when making your first deposit on DraftKings to receive a free contest entry today. I'm Kyle McEwen. You can find me on Twitter at Rotowire Kyle NBA. And today I'm joined by Mark Roberts, who you can find on Twitter at Mark F. Roberts, and Jeffrey Stotts, who you can find on Twitter at Rotowire ATC. And he actually prefers just to be called Jeff, so don't be a jerk. If you listen to us on iTunes and can please rate and review the podcast, that would be very much appreciated for anyone who rates and reviews us. Mark will tell you how much he would hate playing for your hometown team. 
So please, if you have a moment, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. You can subscribe to it as well. That would be swell, too. All right, you handsome gentlemen. Um, this, probably more important than fantasy basketball at this time of the year, is the coolest thing that's ever happened in the NBA this season. And that was Enos Cantor pretty much just pooping <laughs> on the Utah Jazz and then jazz players coming out and pooping on him afterwards. Mark, you live, like, outside of Salt Lake City, right? Yeah, I, I pretty much I live about 10 minutes from downtown. So was there like a big uproar over the fact that Cantor pretty much said that all this terrible stuff about Utah? You know, people in Utah love their jazz. Like there's no other professional team here. And, you know, there's no other professional sports team anywhere really close. So people love their jazz. People did not take kindly to the Enos Cantor comments. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of chatter of everybody I've talked to and even like on Facebook and things, a lot of negative comments towards Mr. Cantor. And you said there was some pushback from the fans recently um, due to the fact that Cantor had been playing so well for the Oklahoma City Thunder that you'd seen some comments from fans and just kind of the narrative around Salt Lake City was that did we make a mistake kind of an idea. Yeah, I think that in a way the Jazz ownership and management kind of got off the hook because you see Enos Cantor's had He's done so well in Oklahoma City. I think Jazz fans were starting to get a little bit like uneasy about that trade and saying maybe maybe we let go of the guy too soon. Maybe we should have not kept him. But there is no Jazz fans that are Enos Cantor fans anymore. Yeah, when it when asked what he missed about if there was anything <laughs> he missed about Utah, he said the mountains maybe, <laughs> but that's it. Um, so pretty awesome. I, the, the some of the quotes from the start of the show were from Trevor Booker after the game saying like, you, you know, pretty much Cantor wants to go out there and get his stats. And then he, that's all he cares about. He's, he's not really about wins and losses and things like that. Or if, if you get a win or a loss, he, 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 that's like secondary to him getting his stats. And I thought that was kind of funny though, because after the game, Cantor came out and said, we can't let a team like the jazz who aren't even in the playoffs <laughs> come out and beat us like that. And it's just like you, you go through and you watch, and there, there are some clips posted on the NBA Reddit uh, or highlights from the from the game where you would see on, on one side of the court on one defensive possession, Rudy yeah. Gobert would just d destroy somebody with a block, and then you'd go down to the other side of the court, and Cantor's just getting eaten up on defense. Now, that's not to say there weren't some highlights from Cantor in this game, too. He shook, he shook two Jazz defenders literally out of their shoes, essentially and when i say literally out of their shoes i mean like he got two jazz defenders to bite on one pump fake did this awesome spin underneath the hoop and ended up getting a bucket on it against gobert who's like you know one of the best rim protectors in the league if not the best so it was there's some impressive and fun things that came out of this game i don't really know where i'm going with this it was just it, it was, was just a fun, fun moment apparently Cantor is a big wrestling fan right and he certainly played the part of like a, a wrestling hill I had no idea he had that in him, but it was it was fun all the way around, I thought. It was fun to see what he did. It was fun to see how the Jazz reacted. You know, like you mentioned some of Booker's comments, but Gordon Hayward had some pretty interesting comments afterwards, too. He he referred, he wouldn't refer to Cantor by name. He just talked about the player that used to be on our team. That's pretty awesome. It was pretty good. And I think pregame, like all the Jazz players shook all the Thunder players' hands except for Cantor. They just completely ignored him. You know what? If Cantor turns out to be like a Hall of Fame player someday, then all of this will just be part of his quirky personality. But if he falters or if he's not a part of winning teams going forward, he's going to look like such an ass. <laughs> That's true. 
and because it's stark how many of his ex-teammates are just kind of like throwing him under the bus without without even a second thought almost um now he, he kind of put himself out there like that and, and you talking about some of the wwe type stuff uh literally what happened was is that and i know literally is being uh used pretty loosely here on this podcast but anyways <laughs> um the the jazz fans were booing Cantor as he came out as he was announced for the Thunder on Saturday and Cantor threw up his arms and was like waving to the fans like yeah bring on the booze let it rain down and then he even put his hands to his ears like yeah. he was I mean that's a Hulk Hogan thing isn't it pretty yeah. sure it's all yeah. yeah so so did you know that he has like a website and a Twitter handle I don't know if it's run by him somebody just sent this to me it's called the Under Cantor. Like I think that's how much of a wrestling fan he is. Is that's he beautiful? A, a pseudo, a pseudo personality named for a wrestler. They the, the Thunder should bring him out in a in a uh, <laughs> what are those things where dead people are put? Um, a yeah, one of the caskets. Yeah, like like the Undertaker. That would be great. <laughs> they need to find him a, the uh, the manager guy, the like uh, the dead guy. Paul Bearer, man, you got to bring you. Paul Bearer in. Sorry, I'm like I'm fringe. I'm fringe associated with WWE because two of my last three roommates were like huge into WWE, so it was always on the TV. But I was never really the one putting it there. That's not to say I didn't sit down and go, "All right, this is fun." Um, anyways, let's get into some basketball stuff. Going into week 23, these this is the week where most of my leagues end at this coming Sunday. We tried to, throughout the preseason, tell everybody, if you're setting up a league, make sure it ends a week and a half early because once, once we get past this coming Sunday, it becomes a sugar show as far as who's going to actually play from night to night, whether players are getting rested. I mean, we've already seen throughout this year that players get rested for just whatever reason um just the schedule or too many games and so many nights yada 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 and it's been pretty frustrating going into this week from monday to sunday march 30th through april 5th you've got 17 teams who have four games and you got 12 teams that have three games and one team that has two games and the one two game team is the cleveland cavaliers and i just want to get this two game discussion out of the way here really quick mark who who would you use from cleveland with two games well, that's such an interesting question because most weeks, I mean, a lot of times when we look at teams with two games, we, we say just the superstars should play. And and the Cavaliers have those guys like Kyrie Irving and LeBron James fit into that category. But the Atlanta Hawks have, have uh, secured the number one seed. Not that there was any real discussion there. The Cavs are pretty well set up into two the two, uh, the two seeds. So I'm looking at this and saying, is there a chance that they rest LeBron or Kyrie in one of those games? And if so, you definitely can't play those guys. So those are the only two that I would consider playing. I mean, it's going to be tough to put Kevin Love on your bench, but I think you probably have to do it. Uh, but I would question even playing LeBron James. It just depends on what your options are. But there's a real chance that he only plays one game. Yeah, they're, the Cleveland Cavaliers aren't resting anybody for Sunday's game. But I don't know if that makes me less bullish on them or or more right more more wanting to kind of avoid them thinking well if they had rested guys for sunday maybe they would leave them available for the the two games this week but it, it's just tough and you don't know okay now is there enough is there enough time off in between the games for cleveland for them to say we're just simply not going to rest guys you know it, it's a different story if you would look through this the uh the week and you saw two back-to-backs on there but looking at the schedule right now it's 
they play today, then they don't play till Thursday, and then they don't play until Sunday, and then they don't play until Wednesday. I mean, realistically, there's zero reasons for them yeah. to rest guys this week. So if, if you've got LeBron James, I think he's probably a safe play. But Thursday is a TNT game versus the Heat. My guess is they play that LeBron's game. LeBron's playing that game. And then on Sunday, they play against Chicago on yeah, ABC. Yeah, and they're going to need that game. They're going to need that game, too, because Chicago is only right now only a game and a half or two games back in the in the standings. And David Blatt has come out and said, we are going to, we want the number two seed. We have to have the number two seed. Now, I don't know why <laughs> he's so adamant about that, because you go through and you look at the East standings, and it's like, Unless Chicago drops to the fifth spot, who the hell are you worried about? Yeah. Atlanta. You just don't want to play Atlanta in the second round. But even that, like, they, Atlanta already showed them how they plan to beat them in their last game. And you know Cleveland's going to make the the adjustments. I mean, um, I don't know, it was Austin Carr, whoever it is that, that calls games for the Cavaliers, or, or who's the play-by, I mean, the uh, color guy, and he... He was coming out and saying, like, look, the, I see the way that the Cavs are getting beat right now, and honestly, all you have to do is do this a little bit, and really it's just working in the post more and moving the ball from side to side um, within the paint and things like that. And I just I don't see that th- that game that we saw between Atlanta and Cleveland about a month ago where Atlanta just beat the tar out of Cleveland. I don't see that being um, indicative of the way things are going to go moving forward. Essentially, I guess, for fantasy purposes is, I would feel okay putting LeBron and Kyrie into my lineup for this week, given the uh, the the wide berth between the games and things like that. I think I'm reluctantly in in agreement with you. Like, if you drafted LeBron James as your first or second pick, what else are you going to do? Yeah, you're just kind of you, you, looking at the schedule. That makes me feel a little bit better. But two games is tough. Like, he's not going to probably be your best player if you win next week. You're going to have to have somebody else step up. Yeah, you bought the uh, the gas station burrito that's got a little bit of mold on it. Now you're just gonna pick that off and uh, eat the rest of it. Um, what about what about Kevin Love? Do you you don't put him in with LeBron and and Kyrie in that discussion as a two week or a two game? Guy no, because play? his his you know, his production isn't on the same par or is on yeah. the same level as those guys. But um, we've got Jeff Stotts here, so we should probably get into some injuries here, Jeff. Uh, biggest news from the week, Kevin Durant undergoing foot surgery again. He's going to miss four to six months. More so, I mean, we can just say it. He's out for the season, right? Yeah, he, he's done, finally. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, but what does this mean going into next season as far as the keeper league value for Durant, dynasty league value? Do you hold on to him? Do you try to trade him in the offseason? When he comes back from this, is he going to be healthy like – I guess trying to answer any questions that a a keeper league Durant owner would have. You know, I'm actually a lot more optimistic about his current situation than I was at the beginning of the season. And that was because when they said, look, six to eight weeks, it's a, you know, we're going to get him back and he's going to be fine. I was just, this, this Jones fracture takes a long time to recover. And the fact that he returned, I think it was six weeks and two days after the surgery, you know, made me a little bit, cautious and then you know he continued to play high minutes yes they had him in a a little bit of a minutes restriction early on but he's you know got back to his normal level pretty quickly and and then he started having those soreness but now they're taking a extremely proactive approach with the bone graft they will have and basically shutting him down and saying you're not going to be 
doing anything. There's none of this. Can you potentially come back? There's no pressure on him. It's look, have the surgery now, be back in four to six months. And I actually, you know, would have almost preferred them to say, do something like this at the beginning of the season. And potentially he could have been here now. And granted that's all hindsight. And the, the injury obviously didn't progress like they had initially hoped. And I think they did what they were supposed to do, but obviously he had these regressions and this is where we stand. And I do think he's going to be fine. All the studies show that a lot of the bone grafts um, with this type of injury and high level athletes have positive re- reports um, return to play. And the, the best example I can give is the kind of a best case scenario is actually Glenn Davis, who had a similar problem with the with a, with a fracture in his foot, the hardware failed. He needed a additional surgery. He had the bone graft and was back and he hasn't had any foot problems and he's the same height as Durant, but obviously a lot bigger weight wise. And the fact that his foot is <laughs> foot, the fact that his foot is held up is a good indicator that you can come back from this injury. It just, again, needs time. And this is a mandatory time off now. It's it's, he's going to get the rest that this injury needs. And, and I'm optimistic that he'll be back next year. That all sounds good. Um, the, the, so with Durant, with the four to six months, uh, that pretty much puts him at returning the end of September, going into October, which is when training camp starts. Should we expect Durant then to be available right when training camp starts, or do you see this possibly the the rehab process stretching even deeper, maybe even into the regular season next year? I think it's a possibility. Glenn Davis missed the first 11 games. I think his surgery date was a little bit later, but he did miss the first 11 games of that season, but has been fine since then. I, I, I think there's that the Thunder are going to play this safe. I think you're going to see an extremely conservative approach with him. And I think they're going to have to, you know, kind of flex their muscles a little bit. And that's Durant's impending free agency kind of makes this a tough situation because they don't want to, you know, (laughs) offend him or, or create any kind of friction with him as you know, this, this looming free agency is, is always on their minds, but they're going to have to, be kind of the ones is because Durant's going to want to play as soon as he can. That, that's the kind of athlete he is, but they're going to have to really lay out the perimeters and say, this is, this is how it's going to be. The parameters are set. Uh, we're going to stick to it and, and we're going to move forward with, with everything in mind. And look, the specialists they have are the best guys in the industry for foot, foot uh, injuries like of this magnitude. Okay. So you're not, you're not taking the, the stance that a lot of other people are saying that, um, the thunder boondoggled this or anything the whole situation uh, it's i don't think it was handled perfectly but it's really hard to do that in the middle of a season or at the beginning of a season you know it's there's a lot of pressure from everybody there's a lot of factors that are in play and you know this is just this is kind of part of the course with this injury like everyone keeps seems to keep thinking oh they messed it up but i mean if you guys go back to the first thing I wrote on Jones fractures, you know, I said, look, surgery doesn't guarantee anything. And there are a lot of potential complications. And that's why I kind of recommended don't take Durant with the top two pick. You know, I think Curry's a safer pick. I think LeBron's a safer pick. And so hopefully he heeded my advice and are sitting in the fantasy playoffs, not dependent on Durant. No, I don't think that, I mean, Mark, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we're between the three of us. I don't think any of us were pimping Durant as the first overall pick for the most part. At the beginning of the year, I don't remember that. I'm I'm probably guilty. I didn't say first pick, but I said yeah. you should still draft him in the top five. Okay. I said I I said sixty games of Durant. Durant is so good, and this is still true. 
It just, he played 30 games, but yeah. 60 games of Durant is still better than almost every other player in the league. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it the is what is it we is only got 30 time. games. Yeah. yeah. I, it, it's, it's extremely frustrating. I, I took LeBron over Durant in the league. I think I had a third pick, uh, and it was a keeper league. And then I ended up flipping LeBron for, for Chris Paul, given the playoff schedule that you guys were talking, how problematic it can be with just having those two games. So there, there's, you know, look, it's an obvious, unfortunate situation. But, I, again, I'm, I'm optimistic for next year. Holla, holla, holla. I heard on uh, – I was listening to part of an interruption, and Mike, Mike Wilbon was saying – and I'm not sure what his source was, but he's saying one of his – the guys he trusts that knows this foot surgery well said he he was really surprised at the four- to six-month time frame. He was saying he thought it was more like an eight- to 12-month time frame. I haven't heard something that extreme uh, in terms of of eight to 12. You know, I've, I've heard six months. I, I've heard more so on the six to eight months than necessarily four to six uh, but you know, I think anytime you get a timeline, it, it's all relative and there's, okay. it, it's plenty flexible. So I, I, I think there's some extreme cases that this continues to be a problematic injury to heal. I mean, the worst case scenario would be something like along the lines of Brooke Lopez, where he's having, you know, he had to have an additional surgery to reshape his foot because the stress of his biomechanics was still putting a lot of a lot of force and stress through that fifth fifth metatarsal, so they had to take an even extreme, you know, and one more step forward. And I, there's been no indication that Durant's going to have to go down that route. But I mean, it's it's always a possibility. There's always the uh, the mm-hmm. risk of a setback is always looming. I think what this boils down to is that Kevin Durant will never play for the Thunder again. That's Whoa. A, I know. No, I'm joking. I'm obviously joking. <laughs> Um, hey, it's possible. Now, I remember when we first started talking about this Durant injury, and I'm almost done talking about all this, but uh, didn't you mention uh, the, the list of, like, Jones fractures guys? There were some guys who only missed, like, 11, 18 games or eight games or something. Like, I remember certain guys having this injury, and they only missed a, a very short amount of games, but I don't know if that reflection was, okay, they, they injured themselves, like, going into the off season. So they didn't have to miss many games because they had tons of time off. But Paul Gasol is one that I think stood out to me who, where he broke his foot and he was able to come back soon. I, I apologize if you don't have this up right now, Jeff, I just, um, look, the list is long with fifth metatarsal. They're, they're very commonly fractured in the NBA. And part of the reason is because there's a tendon that attaches to it. And so when you turn your ankle, that tendon pulls on that bone. And a lot of times you'll have, the, an avulsion fracture. Now what makes a Jones fracture a little bit different than some of the other guys you mentioned is it's the, it's primarily the location of where the injury occurs. Now, I mean, I can sit here, I've got a list in front of me, Brandon Jennings, uh, Brooke Lopez, CJ McCollum, Nas Muhammad, uh, Joe Smith, Rashid Wallace, Martel Webster, Ricky Davis, Mike Bibby, Roddy Bobois. All these guys have had fifth metatarsal fractures. Not all have been classified as Jones fractures, but, and not all have needed surgery. There've been some guys who have missed, no time because it occurred in the off season and they were fine, but those kind of injuries didn't occur or either weren't Jones fractures and didn't require surgery or, you know, were, were just classified as different, maybe an avulsion fracture, those kind of things. So th- there's plenty of examples of guys that have been fine. And Gasol is one of them. He, he did need surgery. He had no reoccurrence. And I think he missed the first 22 games of the, the, the season that year. Okay. Um, and has I had no real problems. So it, there's a lot of variability with this injury, which is why I warned, you know, and why I'm still, uh, why I'm optimistic. Yes. You know, I still think there's, 
there's a little bit of trepidation there. If I owned Kevin Durant in a keeper league, I and it was just like a straight up keeper league, like you get to keep this guy or this guy. And there's no mm-hmm. contracts involved or you're keeping a this round pick instead of this or whatever, however you guys would have it set up. I would probably be trying to trade Kevin Durant for Anthony Davis or maybe even look in somewhere else a little bit different. I just, I don't know, man. Like you, you go on what you know and what you know is that Kevin Durant's dealing with a a fairly serious injury. Yes. There's instances where it's been corrected and guys have been fine going forward, but then you've also got a situation where, it, we've seen how many times Brooke Lopez has broken his foot. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I would rather be going with a situation that I think is going to be more healthy and better going forward. And, and especially with the, with the Anthony Davis thing, like you're seeing some of the, the, the further growth that he's stepping into right now. And he's still putting it all together. This was what, this was just his third year still. Yep. Look out. Okay. Things are going to get yep. even more freaky. Kyle, I think that's pretty easy to say you would trade him for Anthony Davis and, and some of those guys close to Anthony Davis. But, like, what about the next group of guys? Like, I don't know, Damian Lillard or... No, I mean, I think I it gets... Like, I think it like gets, how far down the list would you go? I think it gets difficult to even say, would you trade him for LeBron James? Would you trade him for James Harden? Would you trade him for... Um, yeah. I would Steph trade him Curry. for Steph Curry. I would trade him for Steph Curry. I would... So you're not going too far down that list. Like maybe there's a handful of guys, two or three or four that you would trade him for, but you're and not going to like a second round guy or a third the, round guy. The problem is, is when you put it into the eight or nine category context of rotisserie league, then it really limits the number of guys that you want to even consider yeah. using. Like if you're playing in a nine category rotisserie league, I don't, I wouldn't even probably trade Durant for, for Russell Westbrook because Westbrook's turnovers are just so egregious. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, there's a there's a very short list of guys I would trade him for, but I would probably actively be trying to do that. All right, let's move on to another player with an injury. P- Patrick Beverly injured his wrist last week. He's gonna possibly miss the remainder of the season. What do we need to know about this, Jeff? Basically, within the next couple of days, we will hear whether he's gonna opt for season-ending surgery or try to play through the injury. You know, with wrist sprains, depending on what the ligament is, you can play with the the ligament completely torn. Kobe's probably the best example. He's done it. Uh, With Beverly, obviously, you're at a tough spot because he's got some value, but is is this going to affect his shooting? And and really, you know, it sounds to me like it's it's a considerably significant sprain, and they're obviously opting for looking at options like surgery. So. You know, if, if you have to walk in your roster at this point, I'd, I'd probably shy away. And, Mark, you're just dropping him everywhere, right? For the most part? Yeah. Patrick? Yeah. Are you saying drop him? Yeah, uh, Beverly. Cut out. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think his fantasy season is effectively over. And Jason Terry has stepped into the starting point guard spot with Beverly out the last couple games, but Terry's only he, – he's not doing as much as we probably would have expected, which wasn't even that much. Uh, Beverly, Terry played just 19 minutes in the Rockets last game. I, I don't, I don't see Terry being a, a viable fill-in option. So I'd be looking elsewhere. Schroeder, um, Zach Levine were probably the two that stand out the most as guys who might be available. Monte Ellis is not playing Sunday against the Pacers and he's got a calf injury that he suffered in Friday's loss to the Spurs. What do we need to know about this Jeff in one year leagues? Are you considering dropping Monte Ellis? 
Mm, yeah, because the information's not really great, and it's it's been vague. Dallas is kind of one of those teams that's pretty vague about what they have. They they have said that he's off the crutches, which he left the arena um, following the injury against San Antonio uh, on crutches, but said it's pretty sore. And Coach Rick Carlisle kind of hinted that they were going to be conservative with him, knowing that the playoffs are right around the corner, and that you know he's got to really be healthy for the, to be effective. And if you look at Ellis's numbers, his struggles and his big slump during the season started following a left hip injury. So uh, even if he does play, I think he's gonna he has a chance to be pretty wildly ineffective. So I'm looking elsewhere. <laughs> what are you doing with him, Mark? Dallas has just yeah. three games this week. There's no. Uh... There's no sacred players anymore. Like this is the last week. That's at least in all my leagues. I'm like, I know what you're talking about. So if he's not going to play, you got to move on. You've got to find somebody that's going to plug in somebody who's going to play four games and and play him. I I, I wait as long as you can to drop him. Like wait until you hear the news for sure that he's not going to play next game. But I have no problem dropping him. Yeah. Hassan Whiteside is out again on Sunday. So that's another game missed with him. The Miami Heat have four games this week. What are you doing with Hassan Whiteside and Jeff? Uh, Whiteside's dealing with a hand injury. Do you have any more information there? It's a it's a laceration in between his ring and middle finger. And the last thing I heard is he is still very limited by pain. It was really hard for him to catch a ball. So, again, similar to what I said about Ellis is I think even if he does play, some of the statistics that we really rely on him for are going to be limited you know, obviously he's got some keeper value and keeper leagues and those kind of things. But in one-year leagues, if you don't hear something positive by that first slate of games on Monday, I'd consider looking elsewhere. Even, I guess, uh, yeah, that, that's a good point. If, if you don't hear by Monday if he's going to play in that game, then consider sitting him out. Whiteside was questionable for, for Sunday's game, so it looked like there was a possibility he could play. Mark, if it gets to the point that people need to decide to drop Whiteside in order to stay competitive this year, I'm actually okay with that, even in keeper leagues. Now, if you can, especially if your keeper league doesn't have contracts, if you've got a contract on Whiteside, you can keep them for a dollar. Yeah, you're not throwing them back. You're not getting yep. rid of them. But if it's just a standard keeper league where you keep a certain number of players and you're this deep into the playoffs, I'm sure you already have several other interesting options. And something we saw from Whiteside is that he's not as superb as he was during that kind of torrential stretch he went on earlier it's possible he could develop into that kind of player um it's possible with with uh, a full off season with really being integrated into the miami he he could become that kind of player but uh, <laughs> pat, pat riley plays no favorites really if if whiteside's whiteside will be available to be traded this year if some team wants to give miami something stupid for him he could end up on another team and also, looking back two years ago, I had an opportunity to keep Larry Sanders for like five bucks at a time that going into drafts, he was considered a, a second-round pick two years ago. And now we see Larry Sanders, a guy who's dealt with some of the same emotional issues, um, I guess in some ways you could say maturity issues, that Hassan Whiteside is dealing with. And now Larry Sanders is out of the, out of the game. He's not even playing in the NBA. I worry about that with Whiteside. Like he's not a he's not a a, a, a no brainer keeper to me. I think that's a great point. And and even the way that they play basketball, they profile similarly. Like a lot of Sanders's value in that year came from blocks, and the rest of it came kind of came from rebounds and field goal percentage. 
Like if block if if Whiteside blocks half as many shots as he did this year, then you know he isn't exactly your your top two or three players. And I've seen. I mean, I've watched a little bit of Whiteside to the, and, and I've seen enough out of his offense to think that there's a decent amount of potential there on the offensive side of the court, much more than with Larry Sanders. But it's also a matter of being consistent with it and and demanding yeah. the ball and all that kind of stuff. And I just don't know. Um, I don't know if I've seen him be fed the ball as much since Goran Dragic was acquired as well. So if Goran Dragic stays on that team, I wonder about the dynamic there um, as well. Uh, because there was a time where the Heat were just kind of feeding the ball to Whiteside because he was he was an everyman for them in some respect. So I just wanted Did you to see Bob Cousy's comments about Whiteside. Yeah, um, I, I kind of <laughs> just rolled my eyes at that. <laughs> for anybody who didn't see, it, he said that he's the only player since he played that he thinks compares favorably to Bill Russell. Um, oh. Bill Russell won what eight straight championships in the NBA, or was it just well, he, eight total? He won 11 total. I know that. And eight of them were in a row. I uh, think so. Yeah. Let's not let's not make that comparison. If you want to say the way that he, he moves and carries his body, uh, the way that he takes his shots, things like that, fine. But other than that, let's not. Um, all right, moving on to some other injury updates. Derek Rose is expected to be cleared for contact this week. Is there anything we need to know about this, Jeff? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> we, we can just go on to the next one because everybody knows even if he does play, he's going to come back and they're going to closely watch him and he's, he's not going to be fantasy relevant this year. Thank you. Uh, Donatus Matajunas is out for the next one to two weeks with back issues. Do you have any more information here for us on this? I'm avoiding the situation simply because Houston keeps listing it as back pain. Well, what does that mean? Is it disc related? Is it muscle related? And I just, those are the situations I have no interest in being a part of. Mark, are you seeing any opportunities for us to take advantage of Matajunas's absence? I know Josh Smith stepped into the starting lineup on Friday, and Smith was there again on Sunday, but we've got Dwight Howard probably sitting out Monday's game. Um, I mean, expected to sit out Monday's game because it's the second game of a back-to-back. Is there an opportunity for someone to step up with Matajunas being out? And if so, who who the hell would it be? Because they've you know they've already got Dwight Howard ruled out for Monday's game because it's the second game of a back-to-back. And even with Howard being there, Howard's only playing about 20 minutes per game right now. So I, I'm looking and I'm trying to figure out, is there somebody who would, who would be worth owning? I, I don't imagine Joey Dorsey's going to do it. No, I think your opportunity is Josh Smith in those games that Howard isn't playing. I think he should get really a lot of minutes. So even if that means taking advantage of him in a daily games league, I think you could certainly do it because, look, Terrence Jones is out. Monty Junis is out. Even Papa Nicolau is out. Uh, Joey Dorsey is going to get some minutes, but he's not going to put up enough productions to own. I think a lot of times what they're going to do is they're going to play Dorsey some, they're going to and, and Smith some, and and maybe Ariza as the other front court guy and just go small. Um, but I think Smith is the one that really benefits minutes wise. Where like a couple of weeks ago he was in the twenty to twenty four minute range. I think I think he has almost a hundred percent chance of being in the high thirties. What about, as far as minutes go on Monday. Now, Josh Smith, uh, we, we often would talk about the fact that due to his contributions in all the counting categories, you're like, yes, use him in head-to-head leagues, but his percentages have always been so poor that we said avoid using him in roto leagues. At this time in the season, do you just bite the bullet on those percentages, hoping that 
kind of what you've amassed over the over the the stretch of the season that's just more or less who you are and that's going to insulate you from the the terror that is Josh Smith's shooting ball <laughs> yeah I think that there are cases where you can be really close right like if if you're if you're sitting fifth in the standings and all you need to do to get up to ninth in the or nine points in the the field goal percentage is is to gain a few hundredths of a point, then Josh Smith is probably somebody you're going to want to avoid. But if you're pretty safely slotted into the position you're at, which would be most people, I think your base, your base of attempts and your base of makes is so great right now that, that Josh Smith isn't going to affect it very much. Then you can really look at it the same way you look at it head to head leagues, which is leave your percentages alone. Don't worry about them. They are what they are. Just try to, to really pick up points in the, in the counting categories. Yeah, that's good. Um, the the Josh Smith situation. So he stepped back into the starting lineup on Friday. He played 40 minutes in that game against Minnesota. He played 36 minutes on Sunday against Washington. Both wins, um, 16 points, 14 points, 9 rebounds, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, 3 assists. Yeah, he's one rebound away from a triple-double against Minnesota on Friday. Um, three blocks, two blocks, one steal in one of the games, uh, three three-pointers, two, two three-pointers. Like, if Josh Smith is available in any leagues right now go at him yeah absolutely i would say eight team eight team or larger leagues i would be having josh smith um rolling out for me this week um houston does have four games on the schedule like there's no reason not to use josh smith this week he's kind of their center right now right when when dwight howard doesn't play that, i mean that, i know that jody probably gonna start there but he doesn't play a lot of minutes anyway i think josh smith is their center otherwise I'm really hoping they call up Clint Capella and we get to see him because people compare yeah. uh, Clint Capella to being kind of a Serge Ibaka type player. <laughs> so I think that would be interesting to see him come up and play. He's put up some pretty, pretty interesting lines down in the D league, just 20 years old out of Switzerland. So interesting guy. Um, Jeff Teague on the Atlanta Hawks, Jeff, he, he had an ankle injury last week, played through it in the game that he suffered it in. I believe that was on Wednesday. He suffered a sprained ankle in the first quarter, came back in the second, played through it. Then they rested Teague the two games this weekend, and, and they, they, have the, they have the number one spot locked up in the East, so there's really no reason for them to play Teague. I guess, I don't, I guess I, is there anything else about the ankle injury we need to know? Is it just a typical sprained ankle, and they're just, it seems they're just resting him because it's, they don't have to play him? You know, I looked into his past, and this is the tenth left ankle sprain of his career, which is, you know, a lot for for a guy, especially a guy that's this, you know, kind of still young in his career. So I think you're going to see Atlanta play this safe, and even if he does play, maybe get him back out there, and then a day off. And you know, the the Hawks have really hurt me. I have Horford and Teague, and and a very tight matchup, and missing both those guys is hurt. So, you know, I, I think more so than, than Horford Teague is going to be treated very carefully. And, you know, again, a situation I just don't know if you want to be around. Mark, Atlanta only has three games this week. If you own Teague, are you considering dropping him for the uh, fantasy championship week? Yeah, I would uh, strongly consider it. Really the only reason that what I would think about not keeping him or not dropping him is just because assists are sometimes hard to find. But, um, yeah, I, would, I, I wouldn't count on any more than two games from Teague. That's really kind of sad. And I, I don't even like if you own Teague, I don't um that yeah, that's fair. If 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 we're only counting on two games out of Teague, then 
I would say it's probably best just to drop him. The other thing is, so the schedule this week for Atlanta, they play Milwaukee on Monday, so you can at least wait until the start of the game on Monday as long as you can make uh, waiver claims leading up to that. Or if you can add somebody onto the, the end of your bench, to kind of be sitting there as a a, a sub-in, an easy sub-in, maybe do that. But Atlanta plays Milwaukee on Monday, then Detroit on Tuesday, and then Brooklyn on Saturday. There's almost no reason for them not to just rest their players for all yeah. those games. I, they, they, have one of the, they have an easy schedule going down. Milwaukee, Detroit, Brooklyn, Phoenix, Brooklyn, Charlotte. Uh, I don't know why I added a, a D onto Brooklyn. Um, Charlotte, Washington, New York Knicks, and then Chicago <laughs> Bulls to finish off the season. Like, that's such an easy schedule going down the and, line there. And they really have nothing to play for. Like, the, they've locked up the number one seed. They are five games behind Golden State for a home court advantage in the finals. So they're probably not going to catch them. They, and they, they have just, one. Um, they just need to get healthy. One, two, three. They have three back-to-backs in the next two and a half weeks. You can damn damn well be sure that's probably going to be three games in which a lot of players getting rested. Yep. All I right. can't imagine uh, Jeff Teague playing in both Monday and Tuesday. No. So that would, uh, that would blow you. my mind. So I, I just like I think you got to get somebody else in there. I'd way rather have some point guard, even if it's like Ish Smith or something. He's been great. Kinda, yeah, you pick him up and you can play him four games or or three games, however many Philadelphia plays. Over Teague's one or two. Yep. Um, if Kentavious Caldwell Pope is still available out there, Greg Monroe is out again on Sunday. KCP's, I mean, it's not the same position, but Detroit has four games this week, and KCP has not slowed down, and we don't know when Greg Monroe's going back. I guess we can kind of move there. Have you heard anything else about this Greg Mon- Monroe knee issue that's been going on, Jeff? Because he's missed, I think, six games now. Yeah, just they called it a strain. And other than that, they haven't given us much information, uh, you know, assuming it was like a hyperextension, it's going to be something like a quad or a hamstring strain just at the knee, depending on again, where it happens. So he says he's going to play before the season ends, but that doesn't give us any indication if he's going to play soon. So <laughs> uh, I'm kind of the bearer of bad news today for a lot of these guys. I just, I don't think you can run that risk. We got some news on Saturday that Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, who sprained his ankle, is going to be out for 7 to 10 days. Drop him everywhere? I mean, seems obvious. Yeah, I don't see why you would want to take on, take on those games. And then Cody Zellers missed five straight with his shoulder injury. I don't really see uh, any light light at the end of the tunnel there. What about Serge Ibaka? He, he underwent knee surgery. He remains two to three weeks away. I don't even know why I'm bringing him up more than anything. Maybe we just I guess I'm just bringing all these guys up to assuage any uh, concerns people have or really just to answer any like lingering questions about these guys. I know for, for the three of us, it's kind of like beating a dead horse. Um, so, yeah. But, but Serge Ibaka knee surgery remains two to three weeks away. Still nothing else to add there? or No, nah, and I don't really think his – surgery really should affect his long-term status either. So if you are kind of on the fence in terms of keeper leagues, I, I feel confident with him going forward. Andre Roberson is going to be out another one to two weeks, so you can avoid him everywhere. Josh McRoberts, there keeps being all these little things about, oh, he's traveling with the team now, this and this and this. and this. <laughs> it's, it's not I, – I wouldn't be too – I wouldn't count on a, a Josh McRoberts return. Have you heard different, Jeff? 
Nope. Uh, you know, they look when they first said the season they were, they ruled him out for the year, so I don't know why they would, you know, change their plans. Maybe the Bosch injury changes things a little bit, but I, I don't think. Uh, I think the original plan was: look, you're done for the year. Let's move on. Evan Fournier could return sometime this week, so maybe you just keep an eye on that in deeper leagues. Alexi Chaved with his rib injury, he's going to be out for another two to three weeks. Uh, Thaddeus Young hyperextended his left knee in Friday's game. That ended up opening up the possibility, or it allowed Mason Plumley to step into the starting lineup for the, uh, I think Young actually might have done that earlier last week. But anyways, he missed a couple games with this hyperextended left knee, including Sunday's game. That allowed Mason Plumley to step into the starting lineup for the last couple games. Uh, j- hyperextended left knees. How long does that usually is that is that a case by case thing or? Hey, well, they you know they came out and said it's a strain, so it is a muscular injury. Um, the hyperextension did just kind of explain how it happened. Uh, I think you kind of got to put this in a similar boat as Greg Monroe, and you know he's gonna miss. He's already missed some time, and I think the likelihood of him missing a, a couple more games is pretty high. Is he worth hanging on to, Mark? Uh, I think probably not. It's fine. My first reaction was like, well, Brooklyn doesn't have anything to play for. And then I went and looked at the standings and they're, they're a half a game out. I keep forgetting that they're, or they're tied for eighth right now. Bizarre. I, I don't feel comfortable putting him in my lineup for tomorrow. Like in a weekly league, that's, that's why I'm hesitating. Like in a daily moves league, maybe you can try to hang on to him till Monday or Tuesday and see if he's going to play. But I think in like a weekly league, you got to find a healthy body. Yeah, Brooklyn has two back-to-backs this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Friday, Saturday. Um, not sure that matters for a guy like Thaddeus Young who's going to be a free agent in the offseason. They're probably not too worried about keeping him healthy other, right. than, other than to try to make the playoffs, um, which they need to make the playoffs. Otherwise, it's completely a worthless season for them. They don't even have a draft pick next year, um, at least not in the first round. Um, all right, moving on. Sorry. Yeah, Thaddeus Young, it's getting tough because I, I feel like I feel cheap just telling people, like, drop this guy, drop <laughs> that guy, drop him. But that's where we're at. Um, yeah, it's just warm bot. Like, you just put whoever is going to play games into your lineup at this point. Yep, we need a live bat. Um, Kyle Lowry, what, what can you tell us about his back issues and the fact that it, he was able to return for only about 11 minutes before going back out, Jeff? Well, you know, it's still an issue because as soon as he tried to play again, it started spasming again. I've seen reports that say out indefinitely, and that's enough for me to say, well, bye. Because, like you said, you, you got to have guys that are going to play. And at this point, it looks like he's going to miss more time. They've got they've got the playoffs to consider. They're kind of stuck where they are position-wise. And they've got to have him healthy if they're going to make any kind of noise. What are you doing with Lowry, Mark? Yeah, he's another guy I don't feel comfortable putting in my lineup. Like I, I played in him against him in two leagues, two weekly leagues, and he locked in both of them, and I was ecstatic. Like that's they've hilarious. got four ga- <laughs> just because you could see the writing on the wall. Like he wasn't. I don't know how you can trust him. Uh, if you have some flexibility, I'm okay holding on to him. Like until tomorrow's game against the Rockets, and just seeing if things work out. He does have four games. Um, but yeah, I don't feel comfortable locking him into a league this week. No, if you, I'm sorry, into a lineup. If, if you are sitting there and you've got, you know, you got Kyle Lowry on your, on your team, you see that Toronto has four games this week. You're it's, it's tough pill to swallow. They play Monday against Houston and then they play Wednesday, Friday and Saturday. 
if you can wait until Monday to make a decision on Lowry, do that. That's fine. But it's kind of like Jeff says, we don't really anticipate him being ready for Monday. Otherwise, we'd probably be hearing some pretty optimistic things coming out right now. Um, and you're just not hearing that. This doesn't sound good. I would, I would be trying to find somebody to add who's going to be able to make a difference for me this week. Um, if push comes to shove, you could use Gra- Gravis Vasquez um, off your yep. waiver wire, but I'm just I'm not a big believer in his production. And the thing that you've always counted on Vasquez for was his assists. He really hasn't been getting those big assist numbers that you would like out of him. Uh, Terrence Jones, he's been ruled out pretty much through, I think, through this, this remainder of this coming week. So you're going to avoid him in most leagues. Did you hear anything different about him, Jeff? I, you know, I've heard he's making progress and that he he thinks he could potentially be back probably some maybe some point this week. Uh, but but again, I, I think with given the injury, he's going to be on a, you know, probably a minutes restriction. And, and you know, that, that those collapsed lungs can be a big deal in terms of cardio, obviously. And uh, so it's it's going to be some time. But I think Rock, the Rockets final game this week is on Sunday and then they don't play again until Wednesday of next week. Um, and what, uh, the, the, everything I read was that he was going to miss like five more games and five more games would have been, would be through next Sunday. So that's, that's, I'm not, I'm not, no. <laughs> yep. No. Uh, Paul George, have we, have we all just, I, I know I held on to him way too long in one league. It's I don't own him in any season league or season long leagues, like, uh, or what's single season leagues. Yeah, I've you know, I, I think they're optimistic he'll play, but again, a situation where minutes are going to be limited, and I just don't don't see why you'd hold on to him for fantasy purposes. Indiana's so dumb. Um, <laughs> Ryan Anderson hopes to return to action this week. This is probably the one thing that you should be keeping an eye on because if you're struggling for three pointers, and Ryan Anderson is able to return, maybe he can just drain a bunch in one game or two. But the Pelicans. I also don't know how many minutes they would be willing to play him. They've got three games this week. I wouldn't be throwing Ryan Anderson into any weekly lineups. I would maybe just watch throughout the course of the week. If you're streaming in players in a in a league with daily lineups, I would maybe consider looking at Ryan Anderson there if he is able to return. Um, Nick Collison could return sometime this week. If he does at near the end of the week, then you start to look at Cantor's minutes maybe going down a little. Maybe they just take it away from McGarry. Uh, maybe they take some away from Steven Adams. I think most likely minutes would just come away from McGarry. They they seemed pretty dead set on big, giving big minutes to Adams and Cantor, even when Collison was still healthy last week. So not too worried about that there. Anything from you guys? I was just going to say what you said about Anderson. I think you could say the same thing about Paul George. I, I think in most leagues he's been probably dropped if if the owner's still paying attention and if he does return i think he's an interesting guy to stream in fair enough totally like I, w- I, w- I would feel fine picking him up if the pacers announce he's going to play and start yeah, and streaming I, in him for a game i don't know why they would limit his minutes when he's coming back this late in the season necessarily at least i don't know why they would limit it to like, you know, why, like them running him out there for four minute stretches or something, I think yeah. it'd be dumb. Exactly. Like, if you want to say they're going to limit him to six to eight minutes be, for each, each time he goes out, that would make more sense to me because it's, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Jeff, but like he's coming off a bone injury. It's not, he's not necessarily like rehabbing all of his, I guess 
everything that he's rehabbing inside of his body, whether it's muscles or ligaments and stuff, it's more or less just getting those kind of into game shape. And I know that's a very uh, obtuse way to describe it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got to get reps. He's got to see how things can can hold up and if there's going to be any, you know, soreness or related symptoms based on just playing at a high level again. So, yeah, the, he's going to need as much reps as they can give him when he's been officially cleared to play. Jamal Crawford has a tentative return date of April 7th. He's been out with a calf injury. Um, if you still have him on any rosters, why are you listening to the podcast? Uh, Robbie Hummel will play Sunday. <laughs> uh, and Anthony Bennett is also returning Sunday. Uh, keep an eye on Bennett simply because I am delusional and I still think that he was worth, uh, well, he should have been a top five pick two years ago. Not the first overall pick, but I, I'm well, still... Also a, keep an eye on him because Chase Budinger has been playing like 35 plus minutes a game. Ooh. Now, right? see... Like, Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I'm just thinking. Okay, so this game's almost done. The Timberwolves versus Pelicans game. And here's the minutes distribution we've got. Uh, Chase Budinger's played 29. You got Anthony Bennett pl- having played 10 in his return. Robbie Hummel played 16 in his return. Justin Hamilton played 23, put up 11 points, five rebounds, one steal, one block. All four of those guys off the bench. Those were the four bench players used. Zach Levine, 36 minutes played, put up 17 points, four rebounds. Lorenzo Brown continues to do weird stuff. Eight points, three rebounds, eight assists. Uh, Gorgie Jang, what the hell? He must have gotten hurt. Facial contusion for Jang. I had to leave early. I want a jerk. He played just nine minutes. <laughs> um, what a jerk getting punched in the face. Um, Listen, if he's out, then Bennett's got even more opportunity to, to play big minutes. Yeah, but I think I would be looking maybe more at like Justin Hamilton. Yeah. Or, or or maybe maybe I think the guy that we should immediately look to is the guy who stepped up today. And that's Adrian Payne, who stepped up with Gorgie Jang being out. And Payne put up 14 points, 11 rebounds, one assist, two steals in 36 minutes. Um, it, it, I guess it's this, anybody anybody's uh, a possible good player on the Timberwolves right now. Because yep. anybody and everybody can get minutes. Um, they did not give uh, Sean Kilpatrick a second 10-day contract. I know that's going to leave a few of you guys heartbroken. Um more on the Minnesota side of things. Ricky Rubio did not play Sunday. There was a report that he could go Monday. Mark, are you going to be putting Ricky Rubio into any of your weekly lineups? No. <laughs> Minnesota has three games this week. Uh, Kevin Garnett is apparently ill now. So he was he was being rested. Then he had knee soreness, and now he's sick. Uh, but he did not play Sunday. So just want to keep track of all these injuries for Kevin Garnett, keeping him from playing. Um, Darren Williams had an illness that uh, kept him out of practice on Saturday. He was able to play Sunday. The Lakers continue to be weird. They decided to play Jordan Hill on Sunday <laughs> instead of using Ed Davis. Um, so they just used a three-man bench and just rested Ed Davis and Carlos Boozer just because, um, you know, it is what it is. But Jordan Hill was back in there. He played 27 minutes off the bench, put up 22 points, 16 rebounds, one block, one assist, um, whoops. So Jordan Hill got some rest and he came back now. Does that change your perspective on Jordan Hill or do you not want to deal with this dalliance of, of what the Lakers are doing? Because who knows what the hell is going to happen in the next game. Jordan Hill could be resting again or Ed Davis could be back and that would throw a wrench into things. I don't know what's going to happen. 
yeah, I think it's all the above. Like, yeah, I would love 22 and 16, which is what Jordan Hill gave you today. Four games this week too. Yeah. So in a weekly, again, I mean, it just depends on your format. Like in a weekly league, I'm nervous to lock in any Lakers. Other than Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, I would even said Jeremy Lin before today and we can get to him in just a second, but um, if you can kind of manage it and watch the situation and see who's in the starting lineups, I definitely think Jordan Hill is somebody like if, if they say again, they're going to go without Boozer and Ed Davis, then I think Jordan Hill's worth playing. I'll let you guys take care of the Jeremy Lin conversation. I'm going to go take a piss. I'll be right back. Just continue. Uh, basically he had a upper respiratory infection or infection. Just like that's kind of seemed to be going around the Lakers and he's uh, <laughs> not playing. And uh, that just, increases the value of Jordan Clarkson because, you know, like we said, he seems to be the really only Laker you can trust at this point. Do you think that should keep, I mean, like, should we be worried about Lynn missing games next week? Not particularly, you know, it's an illness and, but it is, uh, Maybe I'm going to say something to play for. Yeah. If I'm going to say no, and someone's going to be all mad at me because they're going to start Lynn and be like, ah, but again, Clarkson seems to be the guy that's the best. And this is actually Jeremy Lynn's first game missed with injury, you know, so that's a good sign for him. And, you know, he's played through injury or illness before. So, uh, you know, wait, wait till you hear the last minute to make a decision on him. Yeah. So Lynn will have, I mean, they, they have four games next week. You would, I, I assume that he'll play in like, three or four of those games. Yeah. So, you know, in a weekly lineup, if you can find somebody that has a little less risk, I think that's okay. But at the same time, if you have to lock him in because you just can't find other healthy options, I think that's okay too. Uh, next guy on our list, Jeff, is Brandon Knight. Well, you know, he's kind of deserted fantasy owners when they needed it most with this ankle injury. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, uh, and the Phoenix has got a pretty terrible playoff schedule for most for the most part. And it's it's been an unfortunate situation, but at least night owners were able to kind of, you know, pick up someone that maybe played more games. Uh, they do think he's going to be back. The fact that they're saying his explosiveness is back is a good sign especially given the history of how effective the Phoenix medical staff can be. So if, if he's your best option, you know, I think you might be able to run the risk this week. Uh, again, another situation where I want to wait to the last possible minute, they only play three times this week. So if you know, if he's going to miss one, uh, you know, you probably want to look elsewhere. Just, you know, I'd rather have three or four games out of a guy on one of those other teams that's healthy. And, you know, is going to be in a lineup um, yep. versus two games out of a still recovering Brandon Knight. And they play, looks like they do play on Sunday night. So we should, there's a chance, I guess, he plays in that game. Uh, What we've been hearing, though, is that he'll be playing off the bench. So we can, I guess, on Sunday night's game, we can validate if he's back. We'll know what his role is, maybe. Um, If he plays considerable minutes, I guess you can feel comfortable putting him in your lineup. But again, three games makes it a little bit tough. Yeah. 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 Uh, JJ, JJ, hey, Kyle. Brendan Knight, what's your? Uh, would you put him in your weekly lineup, Kyle? Uh, it depends on what my other options are. I'd rather have Kentavious Caldwell Pope in there rather than Knight. If you've got four games, um, yeah, uh, yeah I, it's it's just it really depends on what my options are in the league. But there are a lot of guys I would be more uh, more excited about using than Brandon Knight with three games. 
it does help that he's got his explosiveness back. <laughs> I hate that that came out in a report. Like, that's the report? <laughs> How about he's completely healthy? What do you mean his explosiveness is back? Whatever. <laughs> Sorry. I don't really know what that means. No, I, yeah. Uh, yeah it kind of seems like he'll be coming off the bench, though, which is worrisome. Yeah. It, are, the, are the Suns still under the delusion that they can win a win a playoff spot because if they are then they're not so. then they're not changing anything because yeah. they were playing well with the, with the new bigger lineup so yeah they're they're just three games back of the Oklahoma City Thunder so it's possible they're they're, they're still yeah. gonna try and fight to win they, one. and they have a play like that it's possible mm-hmm. 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 um JJ Barea did not play Sunday against the Pacers this was a fourth straight game that he missed. We also saw, as we detailed earlier, Monte Ellis sit out of Dallas's game on Sunday, and they're going to start. Uh, <laughs> they're going to start Richard Jefferson tonight. So Is that, that what you were laughing about? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so does Richard Jefferson start at shooting guard, or does Chandler Parsons? He shifts down the shooting guard, right? Yeah, I mean they've they've used. Jefferson yeah. primarily in the forward spot. They've even played him at power forward when Dirk's been out. So, yeah. I mean that that's pretty much all all I've got down here for injuries. Do you guys have any other th- any other things we need to talk about or anything that stands out that you want to mention, Jeff? I think we we hit them all. You know, the, the big thing with me and injuries, and this is going to be the focus of my column this week, is you can't hold on to anybody that's not playing. And unless unless it's a keeper league, and obviously then you have decisions to make. But one year leagues. Don't be oh, don't be uh, sentimental here. You, you, yes, the guy got you there, but if he's not going to play, he's not going to help you. And I think there are plenty of other guys. And you know, injury breeds opportunities for others. So you know, look at a guy like Jordan Clarkson who could see more reps with Jeremy Lin out. Those kind of things. And if you are playing in a weekly league, or not even a weekly league, if you're playing in a standard league, ten or twelve team, and you have Dwight Howard on your team right now. I would drop Dwight Howard and I would I would rather have Jordan Hill on my team right now. Mark. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I I think what swung that for me was was what happened today and that's because I mean Howard played well, he had a double-double, but that means he's not playing Monday. We know that he's not going to play back-to-backs and so you've already lost him for one game of your your next matchup. <laughs> True that. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's three game. It's you're getting three games at best out of Dwight Howard, and realistically, it's only going to be two because guess what? Uh, he's not playing Monday, and then Houston has a back to back on Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. So you're going to get 40 minutes out of Dwight Howard, is is how you have to look at it. So even if he can get 20 points and 20 rebounds in those games or in, in those minutes, which is possible, that's all you're going to get. So can you find a player? Can Jordan Hill get 20 points and 20 rebounds in his four games? I, I think so. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. And maybe closer to, you know, 60 and 40 or, or 60 and 30 or something. I don't know. True that. All right, uh, Jeff, can you tell us where we can find you, where you want to be found, and where we should look? <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter, at RotoWireATC. My 
uh, column will come out this week. It'll be out tomorrow on, on rotowire.com looking at the injuries for the week. I also have my baseball column up. So as soon as basketball done for you players that do fan or fancy baseball as well, that's, that's up and running. And then uh, you can visit my personal site. It's industryclose.com And I try to keep everything updated with injury rates in the league and injury trends, those kind of things. So you'll take, I mean, you do, you do the three, you do three of the four major sports for us for injuries, right? Correct. Okay. So yeah, Jeff's not just a basketball guy. He's a multi-talented injury evaluator. Jeff, we love you. Right back at you guys. Hey, I'm, I'm a little sad that this is the last time we're talking for an official podcast for the season. I'd be more disappointed if I had heard you wash your hands after you came back from uh, the bathroom, but I didn't, so I'm going to leave it at that. You act like I'm recording this from the bathroom. Like, I just, oh, let me just get up and walk over to the urinal here, and then, I mean, I, I've got some water I can splash on my hands here. <laughs> no, see, now I feel better. I'm going to miss yeah. you. Oh, thanks, because I have clean hands. That's right. Guess what, though? I didn't wash my, I didn't wash my hands. Uh, we all have fun. <laughs> I love you. All right, we'll talk okay. to you later, Jeff. Bye. Bye, Jeff. Oh, good. Now that he's gone, let's get yeah. into the good stuff. Um, oh, it's nice just to spend time with you, Mark. Absolutely. Okay. I like how every time Jeff would bring, it seemed like every time Jeff brought up a Maverick, one of his dogs would bark. Because <laughs> that's the name of his dog. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, nice. All right, let's talk about some hot stuff from the weekend. Uh, it came out on Sunday that DeMarcus Cousins could be rested for one to two games down the final stretch of the NBA season. Same thing goes for Rudy Gay. Damn if this doesn't throw a wrench into things when trying to set your starting lineups this week. The Sacramento Kings have four games. Now, the report I saw was from Jason Jones of the Sacramento Bee, and he said that Carl approached uh, DeMarcus Cousins and Rudy Gay and said, that he was thinking about sitting them out for one to two games to see what they felt about it. Didn't say that this would actually happen. Yeah. But if the media is hearing about that, then it's a good possibility that those guys get sat down for a game or two. And that that's tough. I think you're still playing DeMarcus Cousins pretty much no matter what in your weekly leagues. Makes things a little bit harder to, trying to decide whether or not to use Rudy Gay so they're scheduled this week. They play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. These would not be the, the days to sit them down. Like this week would not be, in my mind, I don't, you don't see any back-to-backs. Maybe if they want to get them tons of rest, maybe they just say, all right, we sit you Wednesday so that you've got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off going into Friday's game. I don't know how they, how they would go about this, but... Um, the rest mm, thing for... For players like on this king seems silly because you're going to be off for like six months soon. But you make a good point. Like the end of the season, when he says they could they could be rested at some point down the final stretch of the season. Next, there's a lot more games than just this week. Like there's another week and a half of games. So you've got to play Cousins. He's been like the best player in the fantasy playoffs so far. I think you're probably okay playing Rudy Gay. You know, again, you kind of look at it as like, even if he plays, even if you slot him as as a three game player and you feel like you're going to get three healthy games out of him, I think you're going to have a hard time finding somebody better than that. That's fair. Yeah, I think I would put both these guys into my lineup and just hope that something stupid doesn't happen. Um, 
obviously double check the the newswire, double check Rotowire to make sure that there's not some kind of new update about these guys. Um, moving on to the Philadelphia 76ers, Firkin Aldemir. <laughs> He's I, one of the best names in the NBA. I, isn't need, he? I need to learn how to say his name before next season. But uh, Firkin Aldemir started at center, and the 76ers said they're going to take a look at using. Nerlens Noel at power forward for the next nine games. I think that's more from a defensive standpoint. They want to get a handle on whether or not Noel is going to be able to um, go out and guard stretch fours consistently because you're not going to ask Joel Embiid to do that most likely next season. Essentially, the situation with Philadelphia next season is going to be Joel Embiid is going to be playing the center on defense, and then on offense, Joel Embiid will be playing the stretch player. And he'll be right. he'll he'll be the three point shooter and whatnot. And that's not to say that Embiid won't get some post ups and whatnot, but we've really seen Nerlens Noel start to show off his offensive oh. game lately, and it's it's, it's been awesome. surprising, surprisingly yeah. awesome. Yeah, he's been great. And I watched some of that game. Well, first of all, Aldemir has a double double so far in twenty seven minutes. So Ooh. eleven points, ten rebounds. Something to keep an eye on. Uh, Noel, I watched him guard Kevin Love today, and Kevin Love was trying to post him up, and Noel just ate him up, just forced him into a turnover, kind of lost the ball. He's been awesome lately. He Offensively and defensively, you mentioned it on his offense. Uh, I'm talking about his defense here, but last game he had 30 points, 14 rebounds, two steals, two assists. It's nuts. He's doing like turnaround, fadeaway jump shots that are going in. Like he's yeah. doing some Rashid Wallace type post moves, and you're like, "Huh, what? <laughs> How the hell did he do that?" Um, he's showing that he has a lot more touch, or that he's developed a lot more touch um, over the last year and a half. We we we, we kind of forget that he had a whole year to just kind of hang out underneath a hoop and just like work on stuff because he yeah. couldn't do much else. Uh, Philadelphia has four games this week. That makes that makes Ish Smith a must play to me due to the the production he's been offering lately. Um, at yep. least in 12 team leagues and probably even in 10 team leagues. Um, Robert Covington, I think is back on everybody's radar. Now he was, he remained in the starting lineup for Sunday's game for Aldemir. He needs to be at least considered in your deeper leagues and maybe even 12 team leagues going into this week with there being four games. Like, Kyle, I think, would you rather have freaking Aldemir or Dwight Howard? I was about to ask you the same thing. <laughs> um, I would rather have freaking Aldemir. Yeah, it sounds crazy. But again, back to that thing, same thing. Like you're expecting 40 minutes next week from Dwight Howard. So I think Firkin Aldemir in four games can do what Dwight Howard, more than Dwight Howard can do in 40 minutes. Indeedly do. Um, Looking at this box score from Philadelphia and Cleveland, which has four minutes left in the game, Thomas Robinson hasn't played. That makes me so happy. Really? There's, There's zero reason for them to play Thomas Robinson. He's a free agent at the end of the season. So what the hell's the point? You're not re-signing him. Well, I mean, that would be the point, right? If, if they are going to re-sign him, then But maybe why? He... Why would you re-sign him? He's so one-dimensional. Yeah. I don't know. I just... It would be just if they could see talent that the, 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 the Kings and the Rockets and the Blazers and the Nuggets didn't see. Mm. But clearly they don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. He may not be in the NBA next season. That would be hilarious. Which is crazy because last year he had some relevant fan. He had some relevant basketball play, like great plays in the playoffs last season against ah. the the Houston Rockets. 
he, there was a stretch during one fourth quarter. I think it was game five where he went in and he made three or four plays that I thought swung that game. But uh, I don't know. That's role players in the NBA, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, that. Uh, I respect your opinion. And like, I'm sure like that, like I just, whenever I think about these kind of guys, I just Jason Thompson, Tristan Thompson, JJ Hickson, Thomas Robinson, they are literally all the same player. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a factory out there. <laughs> that, what do you want to name this one? Yeah. Well, it's got to have a J and a J in it. Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. No, I see. What, yeah, from a fantasy perspective, especially, they do the same things. There's just there's not there's not much underneath the surface there for these guys. Um, Jeremy Grant, still keep an eye on him. You know what stands out to me though too in this with with Eldemir playing 27 minutes as the starting center here is. Luke Richard and Bamute still played 22 minutes off the bench. Henry Sims played 13 minutes off the bench. Sims hasn't been playing. So Sims actually stole Thomas Robinson's minutes, which is <laughs> hilarious. Um, yeah. Uh, and Jakar Sampson finally got moved back to the bench. Thank goodness. Jiminy Christmas. Watching somebody play 16 minutes every single game as the starter was maddening. Um I really don't have anything else to share there for the most part. I'm, I'm feeling more, more and more bullish that the Cleveland Cavaliers are not going to rest anybody for the two games this week. Yeah, once I, I you look at them and they're, they're so far spread apart. They are national television games. They're against teams that they need to beat. Like Blatt had does not has Blatt has not shown yeah. a a propensity to rest guys this season. Right. He's actually kind of been like, what? Why the hell would I rest guys? Like, yeah, they're paid to play. They're freaking playing, you know, like, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, it still sucks that it's two games, but I don't think that it will be one. Um, looking at some of the other weekend action, Rodney Hood returned to action for the Utah Jazz for Saturday's game. Uh, he had missed a couple games due to illness. Hood ended up putting up uh, nine, seven points, and played nine twenty nine minutes. Had three rebounds, one steal, one block. Rodney Hood again is a a decent streaming candidate to look at. However, um, especially because the jazz have four games this week, but if you're looking at shooting guard options to stream, I think it starts with Kentavious Caldwell Pope. And then maybe you find Rodney hood, uh, a few tiers below that. Um, Derek favor sat out Saturday's game for the jazz, uh, with his back spasms and Trevor Booker stepped in and started at power forward. What do you think about Booker? If we see favors have to continue to miss, miss games this week. I think he's an interesting option. I mean, he should, again, you mentioned the four games that the Jazz have. Uh, I wouldn't lock him into a weekly lineup because I think there's a chance that favors, I, I think there's a pretty good chance that favors doesn't miss all four games. But when he's out, you know, if you could stream in Booker for a game or two, I think you could do a lot worse. He, he had 12 points, three rebounds, and is still in 33 minutes. I expect him to rebound probably a little better than that. So maybe you could expect 12 points and six rebounds in the games that he plays. Yeah, Favors is questionable for Utah's next game. All right, uh, David Lee started in place of Draymond Green for Saturday's game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, David Lee played just 21 minutes in the game, scored 12 points, pulled down four rebounds. This was just a one-game thing. The Warriors were looking to get Draymond some rest. He even tried to argue with Steve Kerr to play, and Kerr was like, nah, dude, you've got a couple of knick-knack injuries. We're just going to rest you. Um, J.J. Hickson started at center Saturday. Daniel Gallinari was sitting out the game due to rest. I think it's really funny that 
The Nuggets had Gallinari leave one game with a shoulder injury earlier this week. Gallinari played in the next game. A-OK, fine. And then they decided to sit him out and rest him on Saturday. And I, what that tells me is that the shoulder's fine. They were just resting Gallinari. And that's what it was on Saturday. And that that terrifies you for his, his value for this week because Denver has just three games on the schedule. And I think there's a high possibility that you see Gallinari get rested for one of them. So I would avoid him in all my weekly lineups. Um, I'm annoyed as heck by the fact that J.J. Hickson was moved into the starting lineup to start next to Kenneth Freed instead of Yusuf Nurkic. Could be an injury-related thing with Nurkic's ankle, but realistically, it's just um, Denver being dumb with J.J. Hickson. Yep, agreed. They're, I mean, they're resting players against their players and coaches' will. So kind of a weird situation, but I agree. I think that you... If you're penciling him in, like if you are projecting out on a spreadsheet or something, you put you pencil him in for two games. Yep. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks rested their whole starting front or whole starting lineup <laughs> for Saturday's game. Jeff Teague was out with the ankle sprain. The rest of the four guys were quote unquote rested. Um, Mike Muscala and Elton Brand started in the front court. We saw Muscala have a great game. And that's going to be interesting, not necessarily for this week for, for weekly leagues because Atlanta only has three games, but if you're looking at streaming options or daily games options, whenever Atlanta decides to sit their guys again, Mascala should be kind of noticed as a guy who can go out there and get your rebounds, get your points, do pretty much everything except get you big assist numbers. And he even hit a couple three-pointers in Saturday's mm-hmm. game. So, I mean, he was awesome for daily games. Yeah, and that's somewhere where you can really swing your your fantasy playoffs. Like if you get to Saturday and Sunday and you see the Hawks are resting their players and you're behind a little bit in rebounds, you pick up Muscala. That can that can be the difference between winning and losing. Kent Bazemore moving into the starting lineup with Damari Carroll and Kyle Korver out. Bazemore put up 20 points in the game as well. He's somebody to keep an eye on. Um, Marcus Morris, if this guy is available anywhere... He should be owned in all standard leagues. He put up a double-double of 19 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, one steal in 44 minutes Friday against the Blazers. Over his last five games, Marcus Morris has averaged 13.6 points, 9.8 rebounds, 3.6 assists, 1.4 steals, 1.8 three-pointers. That, that, that's, you own that. You roster that. You play that. So you're not in love necessarily with the fact that Phoenix has just three games this week, but... What about with Brandon Knight coming back? Does that concern you at all? Good point. That's tough. Not not as much as you would think it would. Yeah, I still expect Knight to come off the bench, but I wonder if those minutes come down a little bit. I think he's a tough call for sure in a weekly league. Just because of the, if it was four games, I think that it makes it would obviously make things way easier. Yeah, that's... I appreciate you giving me a, uh, a dose of sobriety there. I was getting a little bit excited about what Morris <laughs> had done over the last five games and the fact that it was Marcus, not not Markeith, doing it. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Although, I mean, if we're making arguments for and against, you don't know how many minutes Brandon Knight's going to play, yada, yada, yada. Or if he'll play. I'm pretty sure he's coming back Sunday. Yeah. You don't come out and say that somebody's got their explosive back. <laughs> <laughs> Not play him. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, that, and that's the good thing is we don't know right now what Sunday's game looks like, but by the time you set your lineup on Monday, you do. 
probably the most important note from the weekend was the fact that Reggie Jackson got a triple-double on Friday against the Magic. 26 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, 1 steal in 31 minutes. Jackson has averaged 20.8 points, 7.8 rebounds, 10.2 assists, and one three-pointer over his last five games. Dude is balling. Um, you're welcome to everybody who we told to stash, stash, stash. Reggie Jackson. Sorry, I don't usually do that, but I'm gloating. Be mainly I think you should say that you're welcome at the end of every podcast. <laughs> uh, you're welcome for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your mother I said hello. Um, no, he's been awesome. I it, that was two triple doubles last week. There, okay. So right before Reggie Jackson went on his his like a crazy tear, somebody in the office, DJ Jerky DJ, he he was like trying to give me crap about Reggie Jackson because he had had like one bad, he had had this really bad game, and I I like I yelled at him. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty much like, no, I'm sick of this. Everybody keeps talking crap about Reggie Jackson. And this was like a week and a half ago. And I'm like, he's only been on the team for blah, blah, blah games. Like, you got to give it time, blah, 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 blah. And I just like laid it out. And I came back from the bathroom or whatever, and DJ had put this note on my desk. And he had, he'd put the, the date on it and everything. And it just says, on this date, Kyle still likes Reggie Jackson. <laughs> and um and ever since then Reggie went on this tear and it's I just come into the office and I'm like hey DJ did you see how Reggie did last night but I'm I'm way louder and just mean and it's great in your face, so you're DJ. you're on board with the 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 five year seventy million dollar contract that they're going to give him this season this off season what is that fifteen a year fourteen a year yeah. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Drop in the bucket. <laughs> well, if he's going to average 26, 11, and 10, it should be worth it. It's, that's like, that's, that's money in the bank, yo. Yeah, I'm down with that. Uh, cool. do you have, what's up? What's up? No. Man? I just I, said I cool. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Um, just like you should be excited about Go Bear and whatnot. I know that's not your team, but it's the team that's closest to you. Yeah, I, I'm get, I'm warming up to them a little bit. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit easier sure. to warm up to them when they're going out and you know beating the crap out of other teams and playing as one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, they have struggled a little bit lately though. The Jazz. Anyways, um, all right. You got any other updates, sir? No, man. Let's do DraftKings. All right. Um, just want to kind of touch on some other random injury stuff that came in during the course of the podcast. Uh, Tony Allen is not playing Sunday against the Spurs. Uh, that means a little bit better value in minutes for Jeff, for Jeff Green and Courtney Lee. Iman Shumpert left Sunday's game with an ankle injury and will not return for the Cavs. Derek Favors is listed as questionable for Jazz, the Jazz's Monday game against Timberwolves. Shabazz Napier is not playing Sunday against the Pistons. Aaron Baines is playing Sunday against the Grizzlies. He had missed the past three games with an injury. Dwayne Wade is playing on Sunday against the Pistons. Greg Monroe is not playing Sunday, and that pretty much catches us up on everything. Uh, Kevin Martin is not playing Sunday or did not play Sunday. So, yeah, that's everything. All right, let's do the DraftKings Minute. Uh, there are seven games on Monday. I was having a terrible time finding good plays on DraftKings for, for Monday's action. At point guard, the two guys that stood out to me were Jordan Clarkson and Dennis Schroeder. Uh, the reason these guys stand out, particularly Jordan Clarkson, is because if Jeremy Lin has to miss another game like he did on Sunday, Jeremy Lin was out with a with an illness on Sunday, 
I think Clarkson, that just solidifies his value because mm-hmm. there's nobody else to handle the ball on that team. I think that's a great point. And Jeff kind of alluded to the fact that Lynn's injury or illness is probably not long-term, but he very well could miss that game. Yeah, I, I would think with with it being on Monday. Now, Lynn was at the arena. He w- apparently just he stayed at the arena for the game. It was questionable whether or not he was going to be available. Then they decided not to play him. I mean, why would you, why would you worry about it? Um, so, yeah. Turns out they're not playing for anything right now. Turns out. Um, so, yeah, those are good plays there. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, that's if Jeff Teague is not playing. Schroeder's just 6,500. Clarkson, six, uh, 5,600. Love Schroeder at 6,500. Um, it's just a good price. I'm sorry, Schroeder's 5,600 as well. I, I, I dyslexic my numbers. That's even better for you. It is so much better. That's $1,100. <laughs> you just uh, saved 900 bucks. Yeah, thanks for math, um, <laughs> Mark. Uh, and they're playing against Milwaukee. You don't necessarily love that matchup, but Milwaukee's kind of struggled to bring their defense back to the same level it was before the, uh, before the um, All-Star break. Mark, are there, is there anybody else who stands out to you? No, I didn't find anybody else. Ish Smith is interesting yeah. against Los Angeles, but his price has gone up to 5,900. So it's not, it's not as great of a value as you would like. Uh, Zach Levine simply hasn't been as torrential as he was in the, you know, <laughs> earlier this season. He's, he's not, he's not dropping uh double digit assist games or anything right now. So Zach Levine at uh, 5,600 doesn't interest me as much. And then you just go look at the rest of the guys who, who are available. I mean, there's, what if what if Lynn plays? Like, would you still go with Clarkson over Lynn? Lynn yes. is essentially the same price. Yes, I would. Yeah, Lynn is fifty five hundred. I would consider using both of them. Yeah, but, but Clarkson's getting more minutes. Yep. And Clarkson has had bigger games than Lynn recently. Um, anybody else at point guard? Yeah, you said no, right? Nah. Yeah. No there's there's good. really not at shooting guard. I I hate all your options. You can. Spend eleven thousand five hundred on James Harden, or you can use Eric Bledsoe at a time when uh, Brandon Knight might be back, eating up some some uh, some minutes. Demar Derozan is seventy eight hundred. I think he's interesting, and then Chris Middleton's probably the the best um, high upside slash safe play at sixty four hundred against Atlanta, especially if Atlanta ends up sitting guys. Um, the players who interested me the most were some of the, the lower-costing guys. Kent Bazemore, 5,200. He's playing against Milwaukee. If Atlanta decides to rest most of their guys again for the next game, Kent Bazemore is interesting to me. If we see Rudy Gay sit out against Memphis on Monday, Nick Stauskas at 3,000 is interesting. Stauskas has been putting up some pretty fun lines lately. Uh, Sauce Castillo has been doing it uh a little bit more he's been getting some action off the bench 22 20 18 19 minutes the last few games part of the reason for the the whole resting of cousins and gay was that uh george carl would use those games to take a little bit of a longer look at some other players and and i'm sure nick stauskas is one of those guys that that george carl wants to get a look at stauskas sauce castillo he seems like a perfect player for what george carl would want to do in the nba that's a good point. Love the nickname. Yeah. For anybody who's not That's hip great. to that, there was a closed captioning um, typo in the middle of one of the Kings games when Nick Stauskas scored a point or whatever, and they typed out Sauce Castillo. So now all of his teammates just start, have started calling him Sauce 
and everybody on Twitter and whatnot calls Nick Stauskas uh, Sauce Castillo. It's it's a fun time. Um, and then yeah, that's that's all I've got at shooting guard. Like my 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 suggestions for shooting guard are Chris Middleton, which is fine at sixty four hundred, or Nick Stauskas and Kent Bazemore. Like that's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's Bazemore only if he, if uh, Atlanta's resting people, right? Yeah. The, 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 yeah. the first two suggestions I had were, were like, if, then, <laughs> uh, which is not good. Uh, at small forward, I think you've got a no-brainer option here against Toronto. Josh Smith is just 6,500. That's it. That's who you're yep. using at small forward. Don't look anywhere else. Um, Jeremy Grant, who stayed in the starting lineup for Philadelphia on Sunday, was somewhat interesting to me, but he's had a pretty bootsy game on Sunday. Just two points, no blocks. I mean, just actually pretty brutal, actually. Um, so nothing to get excited about there. Somebody you would have maybe considered taking a flyer on, not going to do it now. Um, move, did you have anybody at small forward who you would consider? No, and I feel like if I said anybody, that would maybe give people the impression that they sh- should think about somebody besides Josh Smith. Like it should be Josh Smith. Yeah, sixty five hundred. There's you're not going to get a better option. Um, he should be able to just punch Amir Johnson in the throat and then stomp <laughs> on Valentunas's face while he's sitting on the bench because he's not playing. Um, at power forward, I'm going to consider using uh, Eldemir for Ken Eldemir. Mister Double Double. Yeah, at three thousand, you, you're considering using him if he stays in the starting lineup for Monday. Uh, being able to use him as the minimum salary player, that's what's really exciting there. You, you can consider using Nerlens Noel against Los Angeles because Los Angeles has been terrible against opposing big men. Noel has put up 52 and 54 DraftKings points. His last mm. two games, I don't have the uh, the read on what he put up for for Sunday's game, although Noel had eight points, 11 rebounds, three assists, two steals. So he's going to have to bounce back from this game against the Cavaliers. Yeah, and uh, the Lakers are going to be a good opportunity to do that. Anyways, uh, looking at the center position for players to use for Monday's set of games, is there anybody who stands out to you, Mark, or do you want me to just rail with mine? Yeah, let's yeah go with yours. So Zaza Pachulia against Atlanta, particularly love this if Atlanta's, of course, sitting there, guys. 6100 it's not a great price for him. He's had two unappealing games in some respect back-to-back just 19 DraftKings points in their last game against Golden State although you look at the matchup and go that makes sense uh before that though against Indiana 27 DraftKings points and right before that 50 DraftKings points against Miami uh going up against Atlanta if they're going to throw out some kind of bum lineup I love Pachulia at 6100 uh, do not, I, I would also keep a close eye on Justin Hamilton's status, yep. um, at 4,200. He's really interesting just because he's getting fully back healthy. He's kind of getting, he's now played two games. It's possible they could give him a lot of run. Jang might be out. Yep. Another great point. Um, and then maybe look at, uh, Mike Muscala at, at whoops, I lost his price. So 3,400. Because of how well he played in Atlanta's last game with them sitting out, guys. If the the Atlanta Hawks are resting, guys, looking at using Mescala there, and that's about it. If um, a couple of power forwards, can I mention quickly? Yeah, do it up. Uh, Trevor Booker and Adrian Payne. We talked about their situations a little earlier in the podcast. A very good chance they both could be starting. I mean, I, I, Payne probably will start anyway, but 
with Dang out, I think he'll have more opportunity. They're both at 3,400. I think I just lost theirs. Nope, 30, sorry. Payne is at 39. Trevor Booker is at 37. So I'd consider using those guys somewhere in your lineup as well. Absolutely. All right, that's all I got. Nothing else, Mark? Nope. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use promo code KYLE when making your first deposit on DraftKings to receive a free contest entry today. I'm Kyle McEwen. You can find me on Twitter at RotowireKyleMBA, and this is... I'm Mark Roberts, and you can find me on Twitter at Mark F. Roberts. Thanks, Mark. Oh, you bet, Kyle. Thank you. Uh... We love you guys. Have a good one, and we'll talk to you tomorrow for the final podcast of the season. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Bye, guys. Keep tugging at our heels. Watch us high step and be a highlight reel of how high we get. The ghost riders off the ramp, how we live defies death. Put a conscience in the genre box, stamp a certified fresh. Bad boys beyond G-Depths. You couldn't fathom what we plan to do next. Turn the music on and say power. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.